Hello, friends. Welcome to season five of the Zebra Before and After podcast. And then I came across Ash by Fusion Mineral Paint, and I thought, this is the color. This is this is what it needs, and it's a color I'd never used before. And I put it on it, and I was just thrilled with the color. And I, part of me just keeps saying, like, I can't believe I've never used this color until now because it's such an amazing color. No better way to start our new season than to feature category winners from the International Zebra Golden Brush Awards. Today we hear from Amy Preco of Panolo Designs, winner of the Best of Clean and Classic category. She'll discuss her winning piece and share her secret to refinishing. Our question of the week, what are your furniture refinishing goals for 2023, will be answered by your friends Anne Michelle of Amini Design Ashburn, Shannon with All Things Newly Rustic, Kristen with The Broken Masterpiece, and Melissa with A Life Refurbished. Shane Seaver at the Real Milk Paint Company shares about their soft waxes and gives us further insight into how and when to use them. Patty with Midlife Revival shares a refinishing tip that will likely open up your options of where to buy your furniture pieces to refinish. We are so glad you joined us for another season. We are dedicated to providing you with the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. The 2022 International Zebra Golden Brush Awards have officially closed and the nine category winners will go down into the annals of history. However, we don't want to forget to take time to give them an opportunity to share with you about their winning pieces. We'll start our interview right here on the launch of Season 5 with Amy Preco of Panola Designs. She won Best of Clean and Classic. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good, Lane. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. And I, I kind of feel bad to say this, but I'm enjoying the weather. It is so, <laughs> it's been, I feel bad. It's so weird to like, you know, we're one country here in the United States and it's like so much of the country is under such horrible weather with this, the cold and the snow. And then, mm-hmm. and then we're in this like balmy, like 70 degree sunshine weather. Um, so I won't rub it in and I won't say too much about it, except I have to ask you, like, are you in that miserable state right now, weather? Yeah, I mean, we've had a very snowy winter. We've had more, we've probably had record amount of snowfall in Minnesota this winter. Um, I know we met the annual snowfall already like mid-December, um, but we, every snow we get, it's like one storm after another and it's multiple multiple inches so it is snowing right now we have we're under another winter weather watch or winter weather advisory um we're supposed to get another six inches of snow today and tonight um so yeah yeah so lots of snow yeah i guess you guys expect that this time of year though don't you at least it's not like you know unusual time of the year because you know, for a long time, uh, everybody wanted snow down here. And then now that we didn't get it and it's warm and the daffodils are out and actually a lot of the trees are budding. Oh everybody's like, no, no, no snow. But it's supposed to turn cool this weekend. Uh, and, you know, I hate that because it's, it'll, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to be in the 20s, which is not good for all oh. the budding trees. You know, that no, happens so uh-huh. often. <laughs> So, well, you know, I guess enjoy the snow while you can because summer is coming, thankfully. (laughs) Yep, yep, it is. Well, Amy, uh, I have to send you 
big, huge congratulations on winning the Best of Clean and Classic in the Gold oh, Brush Awards. Thank you so much. I am so honored and thrilled and excited and shocked and like every conceivable emotion. But thank you so very much. Well, I'm sure there's just so much work that goes into each one of these pieces that you all produce and refinish. And to win an award like this is just, it's a, it's just a wonderful feeling. Um, so you entered your buffet painted in a dark moody color and I mm -hmm. believe you did that in October of 2022 and it turned yep. heads. <laughs> Absolutely did. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I understand from your post about this piece that you had peeling veneer, banding, deep scratches, chewed legs and rusted hardware. Was I, is I, yeah. is that correct? Oh, yeah. You're spot on. Yeah. It had a little bit of everything going on. Yep. And you talk about saving a piece from the dump, I mean, or the landfill. Uh, yeah. I think this qualifies. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of issues with it, that's for sure. Yeah, go ahead and walk us through, like, where you got it, what, you know, the whole process of what oh, you went sure. through to get it from the ugly duckling to this incredible, <laughs> beautiful buffet. Well, I found the listing on Facebook Marketplace and... Um, my husband and I went to go get it because we knew it was a quite large piece and I wasn't able to maneuver it myself. And um, the previous owner had it in a storage unit. And so we met them at the storage unit and lo and behold, it did not even fit into my vehicle. And so we paid for it and sat there with it at the storage <laughs> unit and made an SOS call to my brother-in-law who has a pickup truck. And he came and we got it loaded onto his pickup truck and then he brought it to our house for us. And it kind of then sat in my garage for over a year because I really, I, I didn't have a whole lot of inspiration. Like it just wasn't speaking to me. So it just sat in my garage for over a year. And then I'm, I'm trying to think of when it was, maybe August or September, I just sat and I looked at it. And then it just kind of started speaking like deep moody color, a color I've never used before I should put on it. And I started just going through paint samples. And then I came across Ash by Fusion Mineral Paint. And I thought, this is the color. This is, this is what it needs. And it's a color I'd never used before. And I put it on it and I was just thrilled with the color. And I, part of me just keeps saying like, I can't believe I've never used this color until now because it's such an amazing color. Yeah, it's, it is a real stunning color. Now, how many coats did you have to put on? I think three. Mm -hmm. It had really good coverage. So, um, I mean, I, I shellacked the whole piece first with a mm -hmm. clear shellac and then um, it took three coats very easily and that was all it needed. So yeah. really good coverage. Yeah, so so this was a big piece. It, it was probably like taking up a whole bay of your garage. It, it did. It took up a whole <laughs> section of my garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of kind of way heavy on you because you see this big beautiful piece, yet you see all the issues that it has. Um, is that hard for you to get started on a piece, especially on the front end with all the prep work and the repairs? Oh, definitely. You know, I I do start a little. I'm usually a little intimidated by the pieces with the amount of work they have to do. In fact, I'm just started a piece yesterday where I just sat there looking at it. Like, I don't even know where to start. Um, it has, it has so many issues and I was kind of like the same way with this, but then I, I will just break it down. Like, okay, start with this, start with the top, you know, and then yeah. just go from there. Like you got to start somewhere. So. 
You mentioned that, you know, obviously it sat there for over a year because you really weren't sure what to do with it. Do you wait until you know what you're going to do with the piece before you start it? Like, I mean, you know, because you don't start painting it immediately because you got the prep work. Uh, What's your process like when it comes to, to determining what to do and when to start it? I usually will wait until it starts like I say, speaking to me, um, mm-hmm. there's, I've got pieces that I pick up because they're beautiful and, and they're different and they're u- unique, but they aren't saying a whole lot to me. Um, so I usually then just put them on the back burner and eventually they'll start saying something. And then I know like, okay, I've got, you know, there's, it's speaking to me. I've got some ideas I can start with and I go from there then. Yeah, there's so much inspiration on Instagram these days because there's so many people in the industry now. And so you see lots of stuff. And then it's kind of cool to go back and see what was done even three or four years ago. And then right. even see, you know, colors, new colors coming out. You mentioned, you know, moody color. It's interesting how mm-hmm. the trends are kind of going in that direction. Right. But do you do you have other places for inspiration outside of uh, Instagram that you look to, to try to inspire you? Um, nature. Um, I did a piece a while ago. It was, um, I I think it was a finalist last year for the uh, clean and classic. It was, Mm -hmm. I painted it orange. It was a cute little chest that I painted orange and my inspiration came from a sunset that I Mm -hmm. took a photo of when I was on vacation. And I looked at that photo thinking I need to paint something orange. And, and um, yeah, so some, yeah, nature is another place where I get inspiration from. So when you choose the color, uh, is that the hardest part for you? Or is it also the hardware You're trying to figure out what hardware to put on? Does that all come naturally once you choose the color? Sometimes. It, it really just depends on the piece. Um, sometimes it all falls into place really easily. And then sometimes I have to sit and wait and think about it. Wait, Google search, you know, and... Um, you know, I'll just pop in if I'm trouble if I'm having trouble with a hardware idea. I'll just pop in, okay, like antique bronze hardware, <laughs> and then see what <laughs> pops up, and then see if anything gets you know my juices flowing as far as like, oh, that is going to work or nope, antique brass is not what I'm looking for, and then I'll start from scratch with something else. Did you work with the original hardware on this? You, you mentioned it was rusted. Did you have to do work on it, and then, uh, or did you get new hardware? No, this is all the original hardware, and I had to take my Dremel and like a little saw on my Dremel, and I had to saw the hardware off in order to get it off because it was so rusted on. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was just rusted, and we no matter what I tried could not get it off and so I had to take the Dremel to saw it off and then after that then I was sitting with the hardware but where I saw the screws off you know the what was left of the screws was still inserted into the hardware because that was all rusted in there and I tried everything I tried so many things to get those rusted screws (laughs) out of the hardware because I'm like I cannot (laughs) not use this hardware it's so beautiful and and then it was my son, my 15-year-old son, who's just like, Mom, give me the hammer. And he put the <laughs> hammer, and he just started whacking on the screw, and all of a sudden, the screws got loose and came out. So <laughs> I always say my 15-year-old son saved the day on this buffet with that hardware. Yeah, he did. He knew what to do. <laughs> yeah. <the> brute force. <laughs> yeah, I said, I guess when in doubt, just whack it with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, this it's just I find it so intriguing, like listening and hearing about all the details of of a piece that just turned out just so beautifully. Did you um, did this sell pretty quickly? Um, it took a little while, you know, because I I put it up. I want to say I, I finished it in October, and I probably listed it. I can't remember if it was at the end of October or even early November. Um, thinking like, okay, holiday buffet season. Yeah. Uh, and it did not sell. So then when the holidays came, I removed it. And then, um, because it's, the sales are slow over the holidays. Yeah. And then, um, I put it back up. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. It was sometime after the new year. Uh-huh. And, um, and then it sold the day after it was announced that it won the award. Oh, really? I that's know. So cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's neat. So, you know, speaking of uh, the Golden Brush Awards, when when you reflect back on the entry process and you're looking at all the pieces you did uh, in 2022, did you do you have a difficult time choosing which piece to enter? Because you you do a fair. I mean, you've got quite a volume of work that you produce every year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually in the past couple of years, you know, I have to sit and think about like, okay, I can only choose one. Which one is it? And now this past year was a slow, I shouldn't say slower, but it was a less, less year as far as volume wise for me because I had such a busy family year. There was so much going on in my family life that I didn't create as many pieces. So, um, Right away, I think when it came to the clean and classic, and even though I, that's usually what I focus on, that's mm-hmm. kind of my shtick, I guess, is always clean and classic. This is the piece that I think got, this piece and another one is what really I saw a lot of volume on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. where a lot of people were commenting and liking it. And and then I knew it had to be the buffet. There was just something about that buffet and that color and then that the wood top. And I just thought that's the one, that's the one that's got to go in. Yeah. You you made the right decision. As as we always say, you're the first judge. You have to, you know, decide out of all your pieces, which one to enter. Uh, Do you get any help from family, your husband and kids? You're like, what do you guys think? I'm down to these two or these three. No, uh uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. I didn't even ask them. <laughs> it's here. all yours. You know, yeah, it's just kind of all me. Yeah. And, um, and it's funny because I, when I entered this piece and I said, yeah, it's good. And it got a lot of love on, on social media, but it's not a winner. I did not think it, I didn't even, I didn't even think that it would be a finalist to be honest really? with you, because there's just so much talent out there and you go through your feed each and every day and you just see one remarkable piece after another. And I was thinking to myself that I can only imagine how many hundreds or even, you know, thousands maybe of yeah. entries there were in yeah. that one category. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's a great piece, but I don't know that it's enough. I And so I was so thrilled that it was chosen as a finalist. And then I said, okay, that's great. <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> with that because I didn't even think it would be a finalist. And then now to have it had won, like I'm, it was, yeah, it's just shocking. Yeah. Uh, well, that's humility. And that's, uh, that's, that's great to be honored. Uh, I got to ask you this. What's your favorite color, Amy? You know what? My favorite color is red. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never done a red piece. But Isn't that interesting? Someone, yeah, if someone had to ask me what my favorite color is for anything, I my red is my favorite color, yet I've never used it. 
Do you find yourself using red more on your clothing? Do you have red in your home? I've got red in my home. I've got red in my clothing. Um, yeah, I, I just, red has always been one of my favorite colors. So mm. someday well, I'm going to do a red piece. Yeah, well, maybe this is the year for red, 2023. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll keep, we'll be attentive to your feed to see that red yeah, piece pop up. <laughs> so, Amy, what uh, was your biggest refinishing fear early on in refinishing, of course, that you feel like you have now overcome? Um, that nobody would like my pieces. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You know, because I started this just doing it for myself in my own home. Um, and when I, when my husband finally, you know, gave me a little gentle nudge and said, you need to do this and get it out there for other people to buy and have in their home or whatever. Like I was just like, yeah, I like it. And I think my, pieces are pretty nice, but other people may not like it at all. And so that was my biggest fear was, you know, I remember posting like that first year and posting my pieces for sale. And every time I would post it, I would just sit there just shaking, like, nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to like it. And, um, so that was probably my biggest, my biggest refinishing fear. So, but I've since now, I don't, I don't get that nervous anymore. I think I've gotten it over that, that, okay, mm. it's okay. And some people will like it. Some people may hate it, but there'll be people that'll like it. So, yeah. yeah. There's, al- there's always the group that likes what you're doing. Uh, and I, and I say that too, because there's, you know, you know, cleaning classic is, <clears throat> is one of those categories that a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when you get into some, you know, categories that are more unique, uh, you're going to start segmenting some of the the likes and the dislikes, and so. Um, but there's always people out there that are going to gravitate to your style because so much of art is subjective anyway. But there's right. yeah. there's people who have different taste and and likes, and so uh, it's just a matter of just being patient and waiting for those folks to see your work. But I, I love the fact that that. Uh, that was your your biggest fear that is definitely overcome and it's it's a great transition my next question because that is that you are an accomplished award-winning refinisher so we got to <laughs> hear from you as oh to what God. is yeah what is your one secret um to refinishing um i don't know that i have any like secrets to divulge. Um, I'm pretty much an open book in my stories with, you know, what I do and how I do it and things like that. But I think the one thing I can share um, for others is just to, and it's worked for me, is just to always go with your gut instinct. Um, And I remember, I go back again to that orange chest of drawers that I did. Like my gut was saying orange, orange, orange. And most people would be like, orange isn't going to sell. I'm not going to do orange. Yes, it's my gut, but you know, I'm going to play it safe or whatever. I always say, go with your gut instinct because your gut instinct will never steer you wrong. Mm-hmm. And it never has for me. It never has. And, um, and I just, I, I'm just one that I don't finish a piece in a color because I know this color will sell. I, I finish mm-hmm. it the way the pieces speak into me. And, and that's what I do. And I always think if, if that's how I do it, those pieces will sell. Yeah. And you're going to enjoy it a lot more too, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. What refinishing goals do you have for 2023? Um, I have, I have like 
like bucket list furniture goals and I have business goals. Like some of my furniture bucket list goals, I do want to paint something red and I always sit and I'm waiting for the right piece. Like there will be the right piece that will just look amazing in red. So I, I'm just sitting and waiting for that piece to to rear itself to me. Um, I'd love to do like a natural, like sand everything down to raw wood and do a natural finish. Um, one of my other goals, as far as a furniture piece for the year is I want to do a dupe. I want to find a piece, like a high end piece that's out there and create a dupe of it. And then like business school wise, I want to create my own Panola website. I don't have per se a website. That's just for me. Um, I belong to a collective, so I have Mm -hmm. a website through the collective, but I'd like to have a personal one as well. And, and then I just want to grow my presence on Facebook as well. Um, so my, I have a bigger presence on Instagram than I do on Facebook. So I'm going to, I'm trying to grow my Facebook presence as well. Mm. No, those are great goals. Yeah. What's your primary channel of selling your furniture? Probably Facebook. That's where the collective I belong to. That's where we have, um, where we list all of our pieces. And then there's, um, a website that's, that goes along with that collective where we place all of, where we put all of our pieces too. So now when we post on our Facebook page, we add the listing to the website, like here, go to the website, here's mm-hmm. more information, more photos to look at. And then usually those people will contact us through the website then if they're interested in, in wanting more information or wanting to see the piece or asking for a shipping quote or, or if they're local, can I stop by and see it in person kind of thing. So that's usually where I sell most of my pieces. Do you ever sell like long distance and ship? I have yet to sell long distance. So nope, not yet. But yeah. even though, you know, our collective says, you know, we will do the shipping and we have a shipper that is ready and willing. Like some of my fellow artisans at our collective have shipped quite a bit. Mine haven't. Mine have all sold locally. So, yeah. so far. So. Well, that's nice. I know. I know. Depending on where you live too, that uh, the ability to ship and to sort of expand your customer base is really important, especially if you're living in a, a rural area and you're not yeah. real close to a big, big city. You don't have right. as, uh, much clientele, but uh, to be able to do that really broadens that. Um, Amy, it's it's such a joy to have you on and oh, celebrate you. your big win. Yeah, absolutely. It's so well-deserved. Uh, you're a tremendous okay. refinisher. You inspire the community, and we can't wait to see all the pieces you refinish in 2023, and we're going to keep our eye on that red piece. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, real quick for uh, okay. our listeners, uh, if there's anybody who is not currently following Amy and would like to learn more about Amy and her work, Amy, share the, your Facebook and your Instagram uh, accounts. Sure. So my Instagram account, I'm at panolo underscore designs on facebook i'm at panolo designs you can also find me at on pinterest at panolo designs and um and on facebook at the artisan markets furniture facebook page um that's where you'll find my listings very good well Amy, uh, unfortunately, you can't go outside and enjoy the sunshine, so you stay in. <laughs> and and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, happy refinishing, Amy. Oh, thank you so much, Lane. Thank I, I cannot say enough about 
you and the zebra company and how much you all support us refinishers. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for this award and this honor. So it's, it truly is amazing. And I am, like I said, I'm thrilled and I'm honored. Thank you so much. This podcast is sponsored by Zebra. We want to encourage you to take a few moments and go to our website, enjoyzebra.com, and check out all the amazing paintbrushes we have to offer the DIYer, Pro, Crafter, Muralist, Decorative Faux Painters, and Furniture Finishers. We have a really cool brush finder that is designed to help you locate the right brush for the right application. The brush finder is located at the top where the tabs are next to shop on our homepage. While you are there, feel free to click on the shop tab. You'll have the opportunity to check out our brushes, our kits, painting accessories, and our incredibly cool tool, the Open It. Now back to the show. This week's question of the week is, what are your furniture refinishing goals for 2023? Hi, this is Anne Michelle from Mini Design Ashburn. In 2023, my furniture refinishing goal is a return to basics. And what that means for me is simplifying my furniture designs a bit and perhaps taking it back to solid one color finishes. Also, I'd like to restore more pieces this year by stripping, sanding, and staining. I haven't done much of that in my past eight years, but I think this is the year for it. So stay tuned. Hi guys, it's Shannon here from All Things Newly Rustic. And recently I was asked to be on the Zebra um, podcast to expand on what my refinishing furniture goals are for 2023. Um, last year I started using salt wash and expanded more with, with colors and blending colors. And although I'm no expert at that, I would like to work more with my furniture in the blends and the salt wash look. Um, I would also like to pick up a lot more customer work. I really in, enjoy customer work and I like helping people pick designs for um, their their furniture. So this year I do have a, um, a, a bunch of things in this head of mine that I want to very much keep working on. And I think the most important thing is the blending furniture for me and blending different colors, coordinating colors um, and stuff like that. I would like to do um, a lot more of that this year. Hey, it's Kristen Fennig with The Broken Masterpiece. You can find me on Instagram at The Broken Masterpiece. My furniture refinishing goals for 2023 are to grow an awesome, authentic community. I really started plugging after social media this past year. And so this year, as I'm starting to grow and gain traction, I want to build a community of just support and answering questions and learning together and growing and making mistakes. And that's the community that I want to continue growing in, not just numbers. Um, I also, for my own furniture goals, I would love to continue restoring family heirlooms, but I also want to pause that for a little bit so that I can work on my own pieces and try some new techniques that I've been seeing others try, and it would just help me branch out of my normal and push me towards learning new things and new ways to paint. So you can find me on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you guys so much. 
Good morning to all the Zebra family. This is Walesa from Alay Refurbished. And one of my goals for furniture refinishing this year is to continue to push myself and learn new techniques. As I do that, I'm going to face some hiccups. I'm going to have victories. And I want to share all of that with you via YouTube. I find that this is going to be one way that I can give back to a community that I have learned so much from. Thank you for having me, Zebra. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Anne, Michelle, Shannon, Kristen, and Melissa. We love the community of furniture refinishers, and a big part of the community are the many incredible paint companies that we partner with on our giveaways and contests. One such company is the Real Milk Paint Company out of Tennessee. Today, we chat with Shane Seaver of the Real Milk Paint Company. Hi, Shane. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Lane? I'm doing good. And, you know, I got to bring up the weather because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we are in maybe the middle of April. I mean, yeah. it's like incredible <laughs> weather. Are you guys getting the warm weather? Oh, yes. We're getting lots of warm weather and I, all the trees are, you know, blooming and changing colors. So it definitely doesn't feel like March. <laughs> I know. I know. And, you know, the sad thing about it is always kind of look ahead in the weather forecast to see what's going on, at least on my phone. And hopefully it's not accurate because when I look ahead to next week, I mean, we're talking lows in the 20s and highs in the 40s and 50s. So Back to winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all those blooms. I'd hate to be um, uh, somebody who grows fruit trees uh, mm. because that's got to be challenging that kind of typically happens but i don't think it happens normally this early in the season um so i don't know do you recall it being like this in in previous years yeah i mean here in tennessee we the weather changes so often it's something as someone who hasn't you know grown up my whole life here i'm coming to learn that it it shifts pretty quickly but this definitely feels earlier than normal. Um, I know. You know. I'm looking at my, you know, my yard and thinking like, oh, I might need to mow. Like, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we live in the country as I mentioned before, but uh, we've got fields on uh, each side and in the back, and then we've got uh, a, a really kind of a cool older home across the street. So <clears throat> we're in the new year. This is actually just for those uh, folks listening. We're right in the, heading into the middle of March. And uh, so this is 2023. So what's business been like for you guys this year so far? Are you doing well? Yeah, honestly, it, it, it's going really well. Um, you know, things are, are picking up. Usually we see a lull around, you know, the, the Christmas time, you know, end of the year. Um, just paints you know, not the first thing on the mind when thinking about, you know, gifting things. Right. But uh, so usually it slows down a little bit, which is nice, you know, for us in a sense, you know, because we, we get to enjoy the holidays a bit more um, yeah. without being crazy. But it's picking right back up. You know, the warmer weather, people are looking at the outdoor projects and they're thinking, hmm, like, what, what do I need to do next? So we're, uh, we're definitely right on track with everything. So we're, we're very thankful and happy about that. Uh, that's, that's so good to hear. So, you know, I love small businesses and the roles that people play in them. Tell us what an average day in the life of Shane is like at the Real Milk Paint Company. Yeah. Okay. So as we're definitely a small business and, and we're family owned business. So I'm one of I'm the son of the, the founder and the owner. He's my father. I you know I work with he and my mom. And uh, then we also have, you know, other employees that we work with. But as a small business, well, we're I wear many hats, you know, I'm, I'm doing 
marketing, I'm doing graphics, uh, doing, you know, videos. If you see like our mix it Mondays on social media, mm -hmm. you know, I'm filming those. I'm usually in those, um, kind of in front and behind the camera at times, you know, working on things on the website, you know, just trying to make it, you know, better and, you know, more informative. So it's really all over the board. You know, most, most days I'll come into the office and it's always a little different, you know, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, what's, what's going on that day. I'm also kind of our local IT person, so <laughs> you oh, never wow. know. You never know what kind of <laughs> issues come up with that. You know, you know. Yeah, hey, this isn't working, Shane. Can you come look at that? So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a major problem solving taking place there. Yes. So, <laughs> chief problem solver, or right. one of the chief problem solvers. <laughs> so that's that's business. Always solving problems. But yeah. Now, which hat do you enjoy wearing the most, do you think? I would say um, I enjoy the, the video and the photo end. You know, I've, I've kind of always liked that, even from a younger age, you know, just taking photos of products or, you know, processes and, you know, doing videos and stuff. I, I definitely enjoy that, and I can really get into the zone, you know, while, while doing those things. Yeah, that's it's fun. It's fun to have those little nuggets of work that you just really thrive on. They kind of give you energy and they, they help you sort of catapult you into some of those areas that you're like, well, I'm okay doing it, but it's not necessarily what I want to do all the time. And so it's nice to have that variety and be able to get mm -hmm. that energy from the things you love. Do you, um, so you're also managing the social media as well. Yeah. Um, so actually we've got a, a coworker, her name's Caitlin. She, uh, she has taken a large part of that, um, I've kind of shifted in my role of doing social media. She's kind of taking more of that on now. I kind of just help manage and help direct a little bit. Um, but she's really doing the bulk of the social media, you know, interactions and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. I'm sure that uh, relieves you a lot. Uh, and, uh, and gives you some chance to uh, do some of the other stuff. Yes. And uh, it's energy. It's interesting because those two facets, uh, all the graphics, video, photography, and social media all work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you uh, manage that well. Yeah, we, we definitely work closely <laughs> for sure. We're, we're always bouncing ideas, you know, giveaways and yeah. videos for social media. So it's, it's all very uh, collaborative. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, we always like to keep up with your new products. I believe soft waxes uh, are among the latest. Tell, tell us about the, your soft wax line. Yeah, so our soft waxes, um, they're, they're soft. We make them in-house here, and um, they would be considered like a low VOC um, you know, type of wax. Um, they, one of the big things about them is they don't have a harsh smell. Sometimes, you know, you can open up a can of wax and it, it mm -hmm. you don't want to knock you off your feet. Our waxes, we don't, we don't do that. We use really quality ingredients and everything like that. Um, but the soft waxes, we kind of have, um, like five different variations of the soft wax. Um, there's a clear variation. There's a ebony, dark brown, a white and a gray. And so, um, the clear is obviously really good at going over milk paint or chalk paint or just adding another nice protective layer over, you know, whatever finish you're working with. I've even used it over just, you know, wood, you know, mm -hmm. um, that had some, uh, the wood had some kind of finish over there, but I wanted to add a little more sheen, you know, just to give it a smoother feel. So the clear soft wax is really good at that. Um, and it's also great for if your piece has a lot of like dents and divots in it, mm -hmm. I'm saying it's sort of like an antique, you know, weathered, you know, piece. The soft wax is really good about not turning really white and hazy in, when it's in deeper crevices. So um, really good 
for those sorts of applications. Um, and the color variations, I mean, those are really great um, for highlighting details. You know, if you've got card pieces, um, you know, a little ornamentation you want to bring out, or if you want to just add some, you know, antiquing effect, you know, maybe like some grunge, you know, maybe around like handles or, you know, the corners of, you know, molding on a door panel. Um, those different color variations are really good, especially the Ebony and the Dark Brown, you know, for those um, type of applications. Um, one really interesting thing I've seen people use um, the gray and the white wax, soft wax for, is more like a whitewash effect. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll apply it right to the, you know, wooden surface um, and, you know, they'll kind of almost skim it away a little bit. Um, and But it locks itself into the, the grain of the wood and so it creates a really neat, you know, whitewash or like a bleached mm. sort of effect. Um, and that's pretty cool to see, you know, the community finding new ways and different ways to use products that you make that you didn't think of yourself. So I um, know it's a pretty neat way that uh, it's been used. You know, because they're soft wax, uh, obviously they're soft, hence the name. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it's easy to use more than you really should because it is so soft and sort of buttery? I would say it, it probably, it spreads out really well. I mean, with the soft wax, or waxes in general, I tend to find they're pretty intuitive to apply mm-hmm. because, you know, as you're using it, you know, if you're losing and running out of wax, you know, your cloth or your, you know, applicator starts to drag and it gets a little resistance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you stop feeling that drag, you really, um, you've really done all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't, I don't tend to find we use too much of it or, you know, our customers are using too much. Uh, the soft wax is nice though. Even if you did use a lot, it's not going to like, you know, go white on you or anything yeah, like that. Right. So it's, it's definitely a little, uh, uh, helpful in that way. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it definitely applies really nicely. And part of the reason it's called soft wax, I didn't mention it. We use uh, a beeswax, uh, a carnauba wax or carnauba uh-huh. wax is probably the better way to say that. And then a really highly refined, um, mineral spirits, um, and odorless mineral spirits. And that's kind of the, uh, the ingredients and then obviously for the colors we'll have different pigments that go in there to and or i guess it's a dye a different yeah. dyes to go in there to get those uh, different colors now on the clear wax mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to worry about that turning or um, changing the tone or color of what you're putting it over correct yes the the clear soft wax is really good at maintaining that original color i mean there'll be very minor shift, you know, as with anything that goes over. But overall, I mean, if you put it on a white, it's going to stay white. If you put it on a blue, it's going to stay blue. So it's really nice at, you know, keeping that original paint color. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. So you guys actually carry quite a few uh, waxes. And uh, how about just giving us a sort of overview for folks that are trying to determine what kind of wax they need for the refinishing projects? I know there are a lot of variables here, but just to to educate folks on their options. Yeah. Um, so with the waxes, if I had to categorize them into almost like two broad categories from our, you know, lineup, I would say we have um, more of our, like, um, our solvent-based waxes and then our oil-based waxes. And so the oil-based waxes would include things like our wood wax, um, the uh, zero VOC wax. Uh, what are some of the other ones? The soapstone sealer would be part of that. Um, and those are because they're made with uh, a wax and then an oil, like um, that, mm-hmm. all three of those use a walnut oil. And so the oil-based waxes, they're best for use over um, materials that can absorb that oil. So like raw wood, soapstone, um, you know, or other things like that. 
Uh, it can't, they can also go over milk paint. Um, milk paint's absorbent, so they can go right over the milk paint and they'll kind of absorb into the milk paint and into the wood below. But those are typically, you know, those would be considered food contact safe, um, you know, zero VOC, all of those. And uh, they will significantly change the color of, you know, the paint. You know, they'll usually darken it and whatnot. I, in a furniture painting, you know, application, the wood wax is really gaining popularity because people will use it over the paint and then they'll also use it on, you know, maybe wood feature that they don't want to, uh, you know, hide, you know, they don't want to paint over that wood feature. So they'll kind of nourish and condition the wood and then they'll also seal in the milk paint and I'll use the same, you know, wood wax for that one project. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's done really well um, in that sense. Then the solvent based waxes, those are a little bit more broad in their application. They can really go over anything. Um, and they usually are using like the mineral spirits, um, like our soft wax would be under the solvent based wax, mm -hmm. our clear carnauba wax, our good old brown wax. And let's see, and then the soft wax. Yeah. Soft wax. That's it. Those ones are going to be able to be used over any type of paint, any surface, you know, you can use like our clear carnauba wax on like metal. Um, mm -hmm. if you want to just bring up the sheen, um, you know, soft waxes would work on metal as well. So those ones have a lot more broad range application. Now we wouldn't technically call those like food contact safe or anything um, because of the mineral spirits uh, that's in there. It does evaporate, but we just prefer to stay on the, the safer side and sure. say, hey, you know, we, we just don't recommend it for those sorts of applications. Mm -hmm. Still all very, you know, safe ingredients, but we wouldn't give it that, uh, that tagline that the oil-based waxes do. The good old brown wax is... Um, really uh, neat because that one's great for restoring like wood furniture that you just want to, let's say it's got a bunch of like little scratches or something in, you know, one of the panels. So it's got little dents and dings that good old brown wax is really good about kind of hiding those without having to go through the full refinishing process. You know, you can just kind of rub it into those little areas. It'll kind of blends it in. It's got a nice brown tone that matches most, you know, finished wood species. Um, and so that's a really good application for the good old brown wax. I like the name of that too. <laughs> That's catchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all those are made in house. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay, yep. Cool. All of our waxes, um, we make in house. The only one we don't is, um, the Mylan's wax. And that's a wax we've, we've resold, um, from the company, uh, Mylan's for a, a, a long time. Um, it's another really solid, uh, good wax to use as well. Uh, but the rest of them, we all make them in house. For those of us who have kids in the house, uh, I'm sure that's uh, a, a wax that uh, really everybody should have. I can yes. just hear it. Okay, go get the good old brown wax. you got to fix that. Yeah. Just put a little nick in there, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's good. I, I like uh, the way you've explained that. That's so helpful because I think sometimes it is easy to get overwhelmed with the different products out there, even within the product categories of like waxes. Is there any, and this may vary from different types of waxes, but if is there is there a hard and fast rule about how often you should wax a piece of furniture? Uh, let's say that whether, whether it's a piece that you refinished or whether you purchased a refinished piece and you know that it's been waxed, should you wax it, you know, X number of months down the road? Yeah, it's, it's very dependent on how hard it's used. Like, um, like I have a piece in my own home that's waxed and it's like a entertainment, you know, center. I have a three-year-old, so he's constantly, you know, driving trucks and stuff all over it. So <laughs> that one probably, you know, about every six months or so, it needs just a little retouching, you know, just to keep yeah. it, keep its protection and, and look up. Um, but most of the time, you know, if it's more of just like a general use, I would say maybe yearly, you know, with a wax, something to kind of think about is it's 
a sacrificial type of coating. So it's meant to take the damage and the wear and tear so that the piece or the paint, you know, doesn't take that damage. Mm -hmm. But then it's also meant to be easily reapplied. And so it's kind of that, you know, easy to reapply, probably need to reapply a little bit more, easy to repair, you know, thing compared to maybe Mm -hmm. like, say, a water-based poly or something like that, where it's a little bit tougher to reapply um, and, and fix. Most of the time, I would say maybe yearly, if, if it looks like the, the surface is starting to wear, you know, most waxes, you'll start to see, you know, the sheen is degrading, you know, it's just mm-hmm. not looking as good as it once did. And that's just mm-hmm. a really good indicator that, hey, time to just put a little on a rag, you know, rub it in, and, and that's it. Yeah. And, and with the soft waxes, uh, let's say you have a piece that somebody used the, the white soft wax. You need to make sure that when you go back that you use the same color wax. Um, this may be a crazy question, but do we need to be consistent with that? Only if it's like the damage is really, you know, there. Like, you know, you could use the clear soft wax over it. And, and a lot of times that's what we'll see people do if they're, say, they're doing more of that like whitewash technique. They'll put down that, that white wax to kind of give you the effect. And then they'll go over with the clear. And that clear kind of acts more as the protective layer in a sense. Mm-hmm. I would say if it's white, you know, use white again if there's like a lot significant damage. But overall, if you go with a clear over any of the color variations, you would be fine. Yeah. So really, the clear is like a mainstay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Cool. Correct. Good. Yep. Well, Shane, you know, when it comes to paint, everybody's always concerned about is the paint safe, especially for kids, you know, uh, around the house. Like, uh, what would you say to folks that have that question? Yeah, there's a lot of great uh, brands out there that, that have, you know, paints that are you know, tested and, and safe. Um, real milk paint would be one of them. We recently got our all of our milk paints tested um, to be compliant with the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or CPSC for short. Um, you know, their standards for kids' paint and real milk paint meets all those standards. So it's totally safe to use around the, the little ones in your life. Uh, excellent. Well, that's what we want to hear. Very good. Yeah. So anything coming up on the horizon of 2023 that uh, you can say, hey, stay tuned, we've got some things in the works? Recently, we uh, were recently featured by the University of Tennessee and their Center for Industrial Services uh-huh. and their um, Made in Tennessee program. And uh, so they came out, they filmed a, uh, a little feature of our company, and that's, that's available on you know, YouTube and for reviewing. And it's, it's neat. It's nice to see the, the background you know, yeah. the history of our company as well as kind of the, the normal day-to-day operations behind the scenes. So that's a neat thing that happened. Uh, just actually it just launched that video just released like in February, middle of February. So it's very, uh, very recent. We're definitely looking, looking at different products, have some in mind, you know, working on testing and things like that. And I'm always a big fan of introducing new paint color. So that's, that's always, uh, hovering around <laughs> yeah, to, for sure. to make happen. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, maybe we'll get some new paint colors out there and add them to the milk paint line sooner than later. Well, that's always challenging in and mm-hmm. of itself because colors are always changing, right? And then yes. and the, the trends are always changing. you got to keep up with the trends or actually try to be ahead of them to a degree. So I know that's a whole different ballgame there. Yeah, and the, honestly, with milk paint, because it's powdered and the way it's made to, to create new colors is actually a little bit of an extensive process because you have to kind of figure out on a small scale ratio, you know, what that, the ratio of pigments, you know, to create that specific color is, and then you have to, you know, scale it up. And so it's a little bit of a, a process compared to just, you know, punching in numbers. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> <Sure>. having, having <laughs> the, 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 you know, 
the dye, you know, come out into the, the base paint. So it's a little bit, but it's definitely worth it. I, I think we'll have some new colors here shortly. I'm excited for that. Very good. Well, congratulations as always to um, your successes. And I know you guys work really hard and uh, we are always thankful for prize sponsoring on uh, some of these monthly events that we have. And, and so we thank you for that. And we just appreciate you all and look forward to working together again soon. Yeah, definitely. We, uh, we love working with you as well. And we love using your brushes. Um, we, we use them here uh, in our own shop, you know, when doing, you know, paint samples and, you know, test swatches and stuff. Mm -hmm. So zebra brushes are, um, they're quality and, uh, I'm not just saying that cause I'm here. <laughs> no, I appreciate I know. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you guys and we'll talk soon, Shane. Yeah. Thank you, Lane. All right. You take care. This week's refinishing tip comes from Patty with midlife revival. Hi everyone, this is Patty with Midlife Revival. Say I have a tip for you guys this week and it has to do with locating furniture. If you struggle with finding furniture, whether it be on Facebook Marketplace or at thrift stores, have you checked out estate sales? I have found estate sales to be a great option for finding good quality furniture. The way I go about finding estate sales is by going to the website estatesales.net and I created an account and I can choose how often I want to receive an email. So for me, I request an email once a week. So at the beginning of the week, I get that email and I can see what estate sales are happening during that week. In your account, you also will create a setting on how far you're willing to travel. So for me, I have it set at around 50 miles. Um, and so they will share with me any estate sales that are happening within about 50 miles of my home base. They also will share estate sales that maybe are just a little bit outside of that area as well. So when I get this email notification, I can click on this state sale that maybe is interesting me. Um, and I can see pictures of what uh, a variety of the things they are going to have at that estate sale, as well as there will be a description on maybe additional items that maybe they didn't photograph. And it also tells you how you can pay. Some estate sales will accept only cash. Um, some will charge if you use a credit card. So just check that out before you go. Most estate sales are either like a two-day or a three-day sale. So on the first day, of course, everything is going to be full price. The second day, it may be that the morning is 25% off and the afternoon is going to be 50% off. If it's a three-day, it'll be more like the full price, 25%, and then 50% on the last day. What I typically like to do is if I can catch it on the first day, I will go and take a look at the certain items that I think are very much things that I might want, and I will see how they look in person without feeling obligated to buy them. 
I can also see what the price is and see if it's a price that I'm willing to pay. Great, I'll buy it on that first day. If it seems a little high and I'm willing to take a chance that it might not be there on the second day, I will do that. And I honestly have found a lot of great pieces that were still there on the second or third day that I was able to get at that 50% off price. What I also like about estate sales is it has been an opportunity for me to also find great staging items. So not only am I looking for furniture, I go there looking for staging items. And I have found some great linens and home decor. Always um, keep that in mind as well when you go to them. So I hope this tip helped. Um, and I hope that you check out estate sales um, in the future if you've never checked them out before. If you have any questions, you can find me at Midlife Revival on both Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Patty. Really great insight into finding pieces to refinish by searching estate sales online. We are proud to launch a new monthly contest that we mentioned a few weeks ago called Zebra Staging. We have partnered up with Jen and Amanda of the Vintage Sisters. They will be our monthly judges for this new contest. For March, any furniture piece you have staged from January 1st, 2023 through March 31st, 2023 will be allowed in this month's contest. All you need to do is simply use the hashtag Zebra Staging. Jen and Amanda will review the hashtag the 1st of April and choose three winners. The winners will be chosen based on the effectiveness of the staging and this covers the quality of the piece refinished, how the pieces are staged with the particular style of furniture presented, and last but not least, the quality of the photography. If you want to learn more about staging, make sure you go back to a recent podcast episode 51 entitled The Art of Staging. Three winners will receive a special framed award, zebra paintbrushes, and appear on our podcast to be interviewed by Jen and Amanda. Also, those three winners will co-judge with Jen and Amanda for April's staging contest. Also, now that the 2022 International Zebra Golden Brush Awards have concluded, by the way, congratulations to the nine category winners. Amazing work. Well, we are back at our monthly contest, The Zebra Review, and this month's category theme is Hutches, and our featured judge for March is Lauren Schwachino with Portland Road Living. If you have refinished any hutch from January 1st, 2023 through March 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag Zebra Hutches. Lauren will pick her five favorites, then the remaining three judges, Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Katie Cloud with Katie and Company Home, and Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott will vote out of Lauren's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Shacto Interiors Milk Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. The winners will appear on the podcast and be interviewed by Lauren. Thanks for joining us each week. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. As you can imagine, putting together a podcast of this size each week requires a tremendous investment by Zebra of time and money. So your thoughtfulness to reach out means a lot. 
As well, if you have an idea or a topic you would like to hear discussed on the show, send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com and we'll be sure to consider your request. Until next time, friends, happy painting.